0: are now entering the thick goddess energy morning show me in the building high priestess in the building didn't let my fears kill me transmuted my pain in the in the rain found out i was working and i conquered my demons i accepted my purpose and the goddess i became good morning good morning good morning this is your thick goddess energy morning show i am your host ariana aka divine moon goddess in the building and i have um special guest today louisa who is aka goddess love i need to take my cash app shit off of my name
1: <laughs> good morning and good morning everyone Sorry you guys my screen you guys
0: can't see it but um I can see it. So that's going to annoy me so let me just fix that. <laughs> apparently there are scammers that have a cash app with Divine Moon Goddess on it (laughs) and it is uh, spelled quite differently with some added other shit so you guys please be careful I am never ever ever in the comments telling you guys to send me a friend request and my cash app you guys should know where to go find my information (laughs) and make sure you're not sending it to the wrong person (sighs) I can't help y'all I can't help (laughs) y'all So today's episode, we are talking about um, natural women Um, versus makeup. And it's because of the trend that femininity is connected to makeup. And this is not to down anybody, anybody who's wearing makeup, um, but this is also to touch um, some pointers about femininity and what that means. And for anyone who's listening not to, to get it construed and then have, we're teaching young girls that they need to pile on a bunch of makeup To be women, and that's what I want to touch today. Which I was kind of irritated when you look up, even if you Google, like how to be more feminine, because you know, in this world, we're we're too masculine. They say (laughs) the women are too masculine. If you're a go-getter, if you're career-driven, if you're if you're single, (laughs) right? Just being single, (laughs) just being fucking single, and past your thirties, apparently, is you're too masculine. And um, I, I I have been someone who has struggled with that. And, you know, Louisa, you could jump in it um, about what you've, but I've, I've struggled with that because being a go-getter or being dominant, it's you're too masculine. It's you're not feminine enough. And it's, you know, I have been this tomboy, you know what I mean? I've been the the tomboy forever, which I, and I don't feel like you have to be a boy to love outside. And unfortunately, growing up, girls like myself were called tomboys because we were in the dirt. We were in the trees. We were barefoot. We were with rocks and stones and stuff, kind of all the shit I'm into now.
1: Yeah. Right. (laughs) I remember playing in the dirt, um, cutting up worms, (laughs) I I, was being outside as a kid. I always
0: wanted to be outside. Yes, but you were deemed this tomboy because Mm -hmm. you weren't... And I mean, I would still be wearing dresses, but I'd be be running (laughs) outside with with a dress. (laughs) And it's crazy because when I got into spirituality, I kept hearing that, that you you have to find your feminine. And it was like, everyone I would ask this question, okay, so how do I become more feminine? And that's what came up was like, oh, put a dress on. And it was like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm gonna put a dress on and I'm gonna feel more feminine. Okay, yeah. put makeup on. And it was like, hmm, okay, <laughs> putting makeup on. Now, and I'm not someone who likes makeup. I all my life, if you even look at pictures of me, you'll see that I don't have a lot of makeup on on none of my pictures, pretty much my whole existence, besides maybe penciling my eyebrows and I might put some eyeshadow on, you know, here or there, and some mascara. Yes, I've put lashes on, you know, here or there, but I have. I'm not the person with with that wears like tons of makeup. That's just not my go to. And a couple years ago, even though I have like um, sunspots and stuff all on my forehead, I still refuse <laughs> to wear makeup because I'm like, why am I covering up for what? I think we get. Um, oh, we got someone who joined us. Okay, okay. we have another person. <laughs> oh, okay. We just started, so it's okay. Uh, Beyond You're the Human's Eye, Tarot. Um, so we just got into it just to recap. We just got into it kind of talking about uh, femininity and how people are, or, you know, there's a trend of where femininity is kind of, and I don't think it's a trend because we're talking about yeah. how even when we were younger, being outside and in the mud, we were kind of considered tomboys. We were, yeah. you know, and we're kind of the same people who aren't really wearing makeup these days.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I True be outside playing basketball with the boys right. and just like we were talking about before be in the dirt I was in the backyard right Just I just always wanted to be outside if my hair was a mess so what right. um <laughs> uh yeah my, my hair was like I have crazy curly hair so mm. imagine now people know how to take care of curls back uh, then not yeah. so much so I was just a, a wild child <laughs> right
2: this is true though because being like part puerto rican a lot of it was cocoa butter or cocoa oil like and i wasn't one of those people because i could never never understand my hair my when my hair was short it was extremely frizzy and just like Mm -hmm. out there and i hated it i'm not gonna lie right took time to learn to tame it though (laughs) right
0: It's crazy because when I was little, if you look at my pictures, my hair looks so straight. And my mom always had me with these fucking bangs. And I don't know why she always did these bangs because I personally cannot stand bangs as an adult. I don't, you don't ever see me with bangs for reasons. I just can't deal with bangs. And then when I got older, my hair, I just start, especially in Florida, it started to get its own curl and its own wave in the humidity. And so I would just wear it, you know, do the natural look. But I I don't know why um, from whenever this started that women have to look a certain way to be a feminine. Like to be feminine, you have to wear a dress. You have to wear makeup. You got to wear your hair in a certain way. And that's not the energy. Femininity is so much more than that. And especially in a spiritual practice, I think we're doing a disservice to teach in that way and say, when someone's asking you, How do I, how do I get more into my feminine side? And your response is, well, go put on a skirt, (laughs) go put on makeup. You know what I mean? Like there's so much more to that. So um, give me something you guys, where you do to get into your feminine energy that doesn't consist of makeup and dresses.
2: (laughs) Well, for me, it would probably be just dressing up in something that's not just a t-shirt and like a pair of like. Sweatpants, just something that's a little bit more feminized compared to like makeup. Cause I'm, I'm very very like basic when it comes to it now. Like me, my early twenties, foundation, eyeshadow, everything. Right now, I just it's mostly this. Right. I've gotten. I don't know. I think it's with age though too. You just like, I don't care as much. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think that clothes are great, but I don't think clothes make you feminine, though. Uh, I, I think know. that's a society standard. I so, think that's a standard. Yeah. So
1: for me, it's not about a certain type of clothing. It's what makes me feel confident. When mm. I feel confident, I feel more feminine. And that... Can be in something that looks like boys' clothes, right. quote unquote. Um, but I feel good. I walk straighter. My my shoulders are back. My head is held high, mm. and that makes me feel feminine. And maybe one day that might be a dress, but another day it could be jeans and a Yankee t-shirt. Right. And as for makeup, well, I, I don't even know how to use makeup. So let's start there. Um, the only foundation I ever used on myself is when I had a hickey on my neck and I bought it to try to cover it up. I just have never put it on my right. face myself because I just don't know how. Right. So like eyeliner, mascara, lipstick, that is my base of knowledge when it comes right. to makeup.
3: Yeah,
0: that's kind of, yeah, I, you know, I, um, I've been looking, uh, for real tips and it's kind of sad that that that's our tips. And, um, like I said, I went through a lot of different changes questioning myself because, I am a very dominant woman. I'm a very dominant woman that doesn't take away from me being feminine because you know, um, that's who I am. I, I decided to be a woman in this life, and I own it. <laughs> you know, I own it. Um, but I've been very dominant, and I've had to question that, like because our society pushes us to believe that if you're not, you know, um, we used to they used to use, use the term when we we're younger, prissy. If you weren't prissy. Enough, right? You you weren't you weren't a girl, and I used to be like, why? Because I want to be in shorts and like run around. Like I'm I'm comfortable in pants. I'm very comfortable in pants. I am not the one who's comfortable in heels. Like I'm I'm just never have been that. That has never been me. And I will never. My mom will never let me forget my sixth grade graduation. Okay, now a girl who's 12 at her graduation, who's a tomboy. Let's just, in some fucking heels. And she'll never let me live it down of the way she heard me, what she calls schlepping in the heels to get my diploma. And she could hear the way I was walking in the heels. And it was just like, I don't know what you expected from me. You put a dress on in heels and I was just supposed to be, you know, this fucking runway model in this shit. Like, wait, what? The only time I wore heels is when they came out with platforms in my 20s. Platforms came back out. And so, oh, I could walk in those and I still busted my ass in those. Clumsy as hell. So I'm like, no, I don't wear I I wear flats. I don't wear heels. It's just never been my thing. I'm I'm not comfortable in them. I'm off balance. I'm just an off balance person. Like naturally, I'm the kid who's who's always running into walls, right? That the walls are there. I don't know why, because my mind is somewhere else. I'm always somewhere else. I trip over my own feet. I've tripped over my own feet like a million times, and so it's crazy. I remember having someone actually ask me, like, "Pick your head up, you know, you know, pick your head up, and you know, don't have your head down." And I was like, "Look, I'm actually making sure I don't trip and fall over my own feet. It has nothing to do with my confidence."
2: I feel you on that, though. Like. Growing up, uh, I had one aunt that actually got me like an etiquette video, like a VHS back in the day to show you the etiquette of doing things. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things of like it tells you like if somebody borrows your shirt, they have to bring it back where it has no stains, nothing on it. It has to come back the way it was given. Stuff like that. Just proper etiquette. I don't know. Proper etiquette. I've always been tomboyish or like I have like sometimes when I sit I sit more masculine where my like legs are spread open and I kind of like have my elbows on my my knee area yeah But I think that's just a we all kind of have an equal balance of feminine and masculine to an extent right.
0: I can't cross my legs to save my life Like I can't oh. Even when I was younger, I couldn't cross my legs to save my fucking life.
2: I'd rather do it like the, the men do it. You know, where they old school, like, you know, and cross yeah. it over, like, the knee with the oh. ankle. Yeah. Yeah. sometimes
0: do, do that, and it. I can't even do that.
1: <laughs> Crossing the legs is just not for you. And you know
0: what? nothing <laughs> wrong not with that.
1: Right. <laughs> no, I don't sit with my
0: legs open in a skirt. Like, I do know how to keep my yeah. legs <laughs> But no, I have never been able. I've I've always had thick thighs, you guys. Even when I was skinny, I had thick thighs. So my thighs have always rubbed together, no matter what fucking thing I had on. And me personally, being in dresses, my thighs were always rubbing. I'd always have a rash, no matter what age I was. And it was just like, what? This is no fun. <laughs> like I would rather be in my shorts or my pants and not have to worry about that. You know, I've always had my jeans that would uh mess up in in the thigh, you know you know and i think women who have who always have like thicker thighs like they'll you understand what i'm talking about because yeah. it's always an issue and that might be why straight away from dressings even getting older because it was just like man if i'm always gonna have a rash I'll fuck that.
2: well that or fishnet fishnet and rubbing thighs oh my god yeah it is like the worst pain (laughs) yeah it is worst pain that's dangerous
0: now we kind of were talking about the uh makeup and we got queenie on uh she popped in a little bit late but because queenie does wear makeup and um i have nothing against it and again i'll say it again this is not to talk shit about anybody who gets up and puts makeup I commend some of you guys cuz I watch some of these tutorials and I'm like what the fuck I cannot do that to save my life. Um but queen talk to, talk to us and tell us your what 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 makes you get up every day and put your makeup on and Well, I mean,
3: with me, you know, I'm I'm ever since I was like 14, I always felt that I needed makeup. You know, I went to school with makeup. You know, I see my mom wear makeup. You know, I've seen my family. You know, a lot of my family members never wore makeup. My mom always let me wear makeup since I was 14. And, yeah. and then um, I went, one day I went to school in sixth grade, and a teacher made me literally take it off. That was just my no-no. I. Forever, never said I was never gonna take my makeup off again. But I feel more feminine. I feel more in control. I feel more, you know, like myself is, you know, being attractive. You know, because you know, plus now I'm I'm about to be over 50. You know, I'm about to be 51. You know, so you know, those I, I don't, you don't, I don't have many wrinkles or anything but I feel older now. So, you know, without the makeup, it's like, no, I don't think so. So I need my makeup on, I need, and plus, you know, I'm really fair skinned. So I have freckles all over the face. You know, when I was younger, they used to call me freckle face. And I I hated that because, you know, I had to cover them up. You know, I tried everything, lime juice, lemon juice, everything, just to cover them up. And the only thing that would ever cover them up was the makeup. So, no. From now on, from the rest of my point on, uh, even before I go to bed, I try to remember to take it off because I know it is no good for your face. But, otherwise, there's no way in hell am I going out without makeup.
0: No. To, it's definitely to each his own there's there is no bad but even you see how we we are it, it's a program it's a program to think like I need this because you know how many kids want freckles I was one That's of those so, kids so. I, I adored so. fucking freckles you know how many kids want I got them all freckles? over my
2: arms Nowadays, it's literally a fad. Like people actually get it tattooed on them, or they get like where they actually take makeup and dot it so it stays (laughs) for like a little bit of time. Like it's the new thing, and the more the freckles, the better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now they're doing makeup to put freckles on. Yes. And it's crazy
0: because things of our, ch- of, our, of our childhood shape us, right? It shapes us to believe these things. But when you're looking at it, you're like, this has actually nothing to do with me. This has nothing to do with with what being a feminine is. It really doesn't. But if, if you know, whatever you guys find to do, I just don't want people to think that that's what you have to do mm-hmm. because it makes someone like me. If you, if someone like me comes into this and then you have a bunch of people telling you, well, this is what it is, then you're going against your authentic self to try to be somebody that you're not. Now, all of a sudden, I'm going to go watch all of these fucking videos and I'm going to try to figure it out and I'm going to try to, you know, put all this stuff on my face and it's not me, you know? And I'm gonna try to be feminine. Again, that's going against who you are when I don't think being feminine has anything to do with that. Cause I'm super fucking cute and comfy in my jeans and my shirt, you know? And then there's different stuff that I do. You know, I love my hoops. There's things which we do, which I still don't think that's feminine, just being feminine energy. Cause I think when you're trying to be at a masculine, masculine is the the doer, the goer, the, do, do, do where feminine is like the calming, receiving, relaxing you know, yeah. energy right? I was, yeah.
2: I was told once by somebody our most dominant side is our masculine side and our least dominant side is our feminine side.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a
2: long time ago I heard that but it's it kind is. of like the the equal balance of each part of ourselves like the sacred yeah. feminine.
3: Yeah. Uh, without my makeup I feel more dominant so yeah. you know I feel like let's go and go do this, you know, and I get my stuff all puttied up and loose and let go, you know. And yeah. then I just put a little bit of cover up and lipstick, and then I'm good, and mascara, and that's all I put, you know. And I was just now talking to my daughter. You know, I even still dye my hair so the gray don't show. My yeah. daughter is 30. She don't dye her hair, and she got gray all coming out, and... And I told her, I says I was doing this, uh, you know, this podcast. And I said, Tiana, you're not going to dye your hair anytime soon? She said, no. She said, I'm all natural, mom. I said, but you got your hair sticking out. She said, no, I'm not dyeing my hair. I'm not wearing no makeup. I'm not doing anything. So I said, okay, right. that's yours. So.
0: Right. Yeah. I dying my guess. hair. It's not because of my grace. I have a lot of gray hairs, actually. I have tons of gray hairs. I just don't like my brown. I've never liked my brown. So I've I've been dyeing my hair since my teens because I don't like the color brown. The color I call it a dull brown, right? Um, But I I can care less about the grays. Like, I I, I just feel like we earn it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we earn it. And my dad got a bunch of grays early on. Like, he was in his 40s, and he had all of these white grays. And I have them in my um, eyebrows. Like, (laughs) my eyebrows are full of white and gray hairs. And I'm like, okay, I'm 42. Like, it is what it is. Like, I don't make... Like, I think we... A lot of it, of course, is ourselves of the afraid to get old we're afraid to be like, because if old is some crime to be old or to look old, right? And I I see a lot of people where people get stuck in their 20s, like if the 20s were the best ever. And I'm like, "Hmm, we were very stupid in the 20s. I don't know if the 20s is where we want to stay. But a lot of people, especially women, because, you know, especially old school, if we look at it, if we just look at it, the reason why, if you look at decades ago go right you women were only good in their prime which is considered in those 20s right the teens to the 20s because if you look back you know teens to the 20s you were in your prime anything beyond that you were uh like a, you know you were you weren't worthy of anything because you're you're past your prime but now that things have changed and you literally can be Whoever you want to be, you can go after your career. You don't your your only value is not between your legs anymore. Your value is what you make it now. This is where I think consciously we need to shift the narrative, and not keep pushing the only your value was as good as what you could produce as either young as giving babies or what you look like and being a, a prize. You know this prize. You know trophy wife.
1: Yeah, um, with it's with makeup and everything, though, I would say that it can be a tool. Like for Queenie, she said she does feel more feminine, but for some people, it's like you put it on, and I think it actually makes you feel less feminine Mm -hmm. because you feel. Silly, or you don't like the way you look or you become self-conscious that now people are looking at you with your face done up this way. So it, it can be a tool, just like with the dresses and maybe with light colors, wearing pastels and pinks and all of that. Like... And, and like Amanda was saying before, it is about a balance. Like, look, I have a freaking glitter wall behind me. Mm-hmm. I love glitter. <laughs> that doesn't mean I have to wear makeup and wear dresses and heels 24 right. seven to feel like a feminine being. I feel like it's more in your actions, mm. more in what you re- what you do, like how you were saying before um the feminine energy it's about receiving it's about love it's about being in that healing energy and for me that's actually when I feel feminine when I'm allowing Mm. that side of myself to come forward and I don't have it come forward all the time because I'm a very assertive person. Right. I am straightforward, straight shooter. I, I usually say whatever the hell I'm thinking. And <laughs> it's like, take it or leave it. Like, this is what I have to say. And I don't think that part takes away from me being feminine, but it's about finding my balance, but not in right. what I wear.
2: Right. I will say this with like generations, my mom was like, she graduated 1970. So for her, their biggest thing was being able to have guys wear actual blue jeans in school. Cause they had right. to always dress up in dress pants and girls had to only wear dresses. Right. And like right. that was like, that was like how much of like, they had such strict like guidelines of being feminine and being masculine that right. girls can never even wear jeans. Right. No, nope, no leisure clothes.
0: Yeah. My mom was a part of the the burning bra, the burning the bra <laughs> era, right? So, I mean, I understand when you look at it, it's not that far. It's not that long ago when we look at the generations, right? It's not that long ago. It's just that now where we're at, I feel like this is where a lot of us, it's a duty for us to kind of speak up and bring it to the table and say, this is how it changed. Just like, let me say how you say you have sparkles on your wall. And I do feel like that's a part of when people think of nesting, where you're like, when you see where people are like, you know, when it's a man's house and when a woman lives there, like you can tell the difference because women normally put things to make it cozy and homey and that, nurturing loving energy you can tell right and I feel like all of that is a part of it being able to make your space that cozy and comfort um place to rest to be to feel safe right that's that nurturing loving feminine energy so it doesn't always have to be what you're wearing what you're putting on makeup and things like that and i just hope that people stray away from making that the narrative because me i'm the opposite who i am i'm like telling people no you can still be that alpha female right and kick ass and have your career and fucking do your thing right and be assertive right because that's not going to change like no and it's like I'm not going to start all of a sudden my voice is soft and you can't hear me like that's never going to fucking happen You know, And I think if you start to do that, then that's where you feel unauthentic. That's where you feel like I'm being fake. I'm not being me. And I do feel like that with too much makeup. I've had my my niece who's a makeup artist. I had her do my makeup one time and it was just, I felt too much, all these layers that she put and she was, uh, I don't know what the fuck, contouring shit, I don't even know what they do. And I was just like, I felt like I had like this whole mask on. I felt like a Halloween mask. You know, when you paint your face in Halloween, that's how I felt. And I was just like, "Mm, yeah, this is not for me. And I was so hot and sweaty. It was just, it was too much. So I was just like, yeah, no. And I do, Queenie, I have, look out, you see all these sunspots I have on my forehead? Mm. I I just rock them. I rock them. And I have lines right here. And it's just kind of like, it is what it is. I think women are beautiful with lines with wrinkles with spots and i think the more we kind of come into that to feel that love because we've been shamed there's so many things we've been shamed and that's a lot of it comes and again, I'm not taking anything away from anyone. You guys can definitely wear your makeup, but if you notice the reasons of when you get down to the whys to you do it, you're gonna find some of it is tailored to hurts and pains, of course, traumas, and of course the stereotype in society's belief systems, right? But if you're doing it for you, just for you, because you're doing it for you in that way, by all means keep doing it but my only my only thing against the the when you type in how to be feminine all of these makeup videos pop up and that's my that's my thing like um i was watching this one lady she was saying she had like 10 tips of you know if you're, if you're too masculine and like the first tip was um your the first tip you talked about was Um, If you, if you're always planning the dates with a guy, if you're always needing to do things. And again, we talk about balance because I've talked to some guys and I've done a podcast where they don't always want to be in charge of the dates. They don't always want to have to figure it out. They're like, can you figure it out every now and then? Because men even say they're pressured to show up. They're pressured to be the one. I got to plan a date. I got to make sure it's, it's fucking fireworks and amazing. I got to, you know what I mean? I got to make sure that the, the, you know, everything is laid out and it's like, us as feminine we never think about that of how much pressure a man has on that especially the first date oh my god they have pressure on that first date and we're always like okay take me wherever i'll go wherever you know and that's i don't feel like that's okay all the time i think we can be in that energy like look let's go here you just show up come get me boom we're done and i was just listening to her tips and i'm like all right, there's still a balance here. Cause again, men don't always want to be in charge. They don't, they sometimes like when women are just like, look, we're doing this. And they're like, Whoo, okay, you cleared my plate. <laughs> well, I, I always take charge at home, so you know. <laughs> exactly. And you and your husband have been together how long? 39 years. Exactly. So that whole thing of, of men don't want you to know, no, it's bullshit. <laughs> Some men are like, look, you handle that. She's good at that. I just get to pay. I'm good with that.
1: <laughs> exactly. And and like Amanda was saying before, we all have the masculine and the feminine. So they have their feminine sides too. So when we're able to take control in a healthy way, they're allowed to be their softer selves. And right. that's okay too. Right 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 because of that balance
0: see it's keeping that balance one of her other tips and i wanted to know what you guys thought about it one of her other tips was um to cry in in front of men (laughs) and she was saying that um a lot of women don't want to cry in front of men and i was like I think there's a a time and place for everything i think if you're just having spazzing out every moment and you're crying over everything i don't know how effective that is or how feminine that is to just be waterworks on everything that's going wrong in your life i was like i don't know i'm sure if this is the right tip
1: yeah (laughs) i'm definitely not (laughs) sure about that one i mean i personally do not like to cry in front of right. anyone <laughs> so yeah that's a struggle no, I,
3: I, it, it takes it takes really hard for me to cry it's really right. hard for me to cry right.
2: i will say this that one i think we're finally in for like women having our own power time and this is starting mm-hmm. to finally happen which is honestly helped a lot but i think also with it like men have what We call like toxic masculinity because they have the same thing where they were taught to not cry they were taught to not have emotions or be emotional or sensitive so it's like we have to change the ideals of how we see society that both can be that way like both of us can be emotional both of us can be dominant my husband cries all the
3: time he is like a crying magnet. It could be a song, it could be something that you say, it could be anything. He just burst out crying all the time. And we're like, "Why are you crying?" Oh. I don't know, but he got tears and it's like, "Okay, babe, okay, okay, calm down." But he just starts crying. We need to
0: tap into some of that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I understand because, you know, and we all know it, it kind of goes down to who you are. I'm, I have the Gemini moon. So, you know, I, I don't like to cry either. I'm, I'm like, if I can hold it in, I'll hold it in. I'm just not that person. Like I really have to be in this space. of It's
2: bottled up to cry. I don't like just crying and, crying and shit. Like I feel you. But see like I'm this kind of the same way. But I think one of the things that like is a trauma response for me is I wasn't like given that nurturingness when I was younger. So if somebody shows me like, you know, like, oh are you okay? Is everything fine? I I just automatically cry without yeah. even trying. And I have to be like, I'm sorry, it's just it's a it's a natural response I have and I can't
0: like,
3: I
2: can't stop it, but it's it just happens. Like I already know
0: it makes sense because I wasn't nurtured as a kid so I'm not I'm not good at the the crying and um I have to feel safe to cry that's my biggest thing is the trust if I don't feel safe I'm not because it is me personally it has been a weakness that's been like no I'm not showing you that I'm weak and so that's something I'm still working through um but I just still think there's a time and place to cry (laughs)
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unlike like her, I wasn't nurtured as, you know, a child. So, you know, that's why it takes me a minute to try to even cry. You know, I'm like, if you're cuddling up on me or something, I'm like, what What are you doing? What? What? Go away, son. Go. You know, because it takes a minute. You know, because I was not nurtured as a child. You know, I'm the middle child, you know, that gross. But, you know everything gets blamed on the mental child, but I was not nurtured. I was always being blamed on for something. And, you know, but I just, I can't cry. It takes me a long minute to cry. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I, I do think, of course, just tapping in those emotions. I don't necessarily think of emotions as feminine energy. You know, I look at it just as a release. I don't know if that's really considered being feminine to cry but it's a vulnerability yes you know there's definitely a huge
2: vulnerability um yeah i wouldn't say it's a a feminine trait i think it's just an everybody trait because even like men cry behind doors and we don't see it right it's one of those things like i think the way we see it is the way we were taught by our society and what we see around us And that's why, like, older generations are a lot more tougher than newer generations, I would say. At least with everything going on, because you kind of had to deal with it, and you kind of had to be okay and get over it and just keep going. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't just, like, have everything kind of just, Um, you know, handed to you or have your hand held, if that makes sense. Yeah. We kind of had to, like, just do it and be it.
0: Right, right. Yeah. We used to get told all the time, like, what are you crying for? I'll give you something to cry about. So it's like,
3: I'm going
0: to suck these tears in and, (laughs) you know, Uh, we ain't talking about nothing, but that's Mm -hmm. not healthy. I'm not saying that that is healthy at all. (laughs) Um, What was the other tip that she had said? Uh, but I, uh, I I forgot what was the other tip i I just didn't like the tips i I really just feel like if you're you're looking to tap into your feminine energy it's um it is being softer in a sense where you're not go 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 um I do feel like it's being in that love stage that nurturing stage that you know that um um, it's definitely I would just say like being in that just I don't know, kind of not doing nothing, just receiving for me. You know, when I'm not in my go go go, it's more of just, okay, just a family relax and yeah.
1: it's hard for me. Uh-huh. Yes, that, that is also great for trying, for working towards being in your feminine energy, just allowing yourself to be, mm-hmm. um, allowing yourself pleasure, because that's part of the feminine and that whole receiving and, and, and being okay with just letting yourself relax. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. I don't think it always has no. to be. Soft, because, okay, what's uh, the biggest source of feminine energy we can think of? Mother Nature. And mm. yeah, she can be a soft breeze, the warm yeah. sun. But she can also be those hurricanes that are going around and those earthquakes when she is erupting and angry. Yeah. But same with a woman. It's not about... I when you were talking about the emotions I know some people say oh you're so emotional you're such a woman blah 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 but it's not just that you're emotional with no cause but you allow yourself to be in your emotions and feel them and work with them whether those are the soft or some of those more chaotic emotions
0: That is true, though, like just um, like even Mother Guy's energy. That's so true because she could be so calm and cool. And then who can tear some shit up real fucking quick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind
2: of it's kind of like the Moana movie where there's two sides of the the Mother Earth or what they <laughs> could consider the creator. And then I think right. it was Tahiti or Tefiti, where she like became just volcano and angry, just all right. emotions.
0: Right fucking shit up yeah. I, yeah, and that's definitely that's why I, I don't feel emotions are just feminine because you you can be a man and, and act in those emotions and fuck some shit up that's why you know calming yourself down processing um, honoring what you're feeling but not acting definitely two different things right when you're yeah be, be in your emotions and feel it but not act on it not respond um, on it but again yeah, it's like a- no, Yeah, again, emotions definitely don't make it a feminine thing. And that's definitely a society thing of men not being able to cry. But I've asked this question so many times on lives and on podcasts with women. And I'm like, we say we want men to be vulnerable in those spaces. But what would happen if the man is truly crying? Most women get turned off. Most women are programmed the same way to be like, oh, He's crying. You know what I mean? He's a bitch. He, you know, all of a sudden you're, you use it against the man and and then we're, so we're, men are not feeling safe to be in those places with us. And so we again have to change. We have to change also the way we see it and be okay so that they can be safe with us and be able to cry
1: without us being like, oh, what, are what are you crying for? What are you crying know? about? Yeah. Queenie. Right? Well, hopefully Queenie has learned that balance. Her um, husband does a whole lot of crying.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I've been with him long enough and I know his feelings and I know when he has those emotions. So I just try to keep him calm, but there's like, sometimes wow.
1: You know. But I love death. He's my baby. Yeah yeah but i I think in those moments it's great so when they are in those where you have the chance to be the nurturer that we are instead of the oh why are you crying that's such a turn off we can nurture them and nurture that and and that's still being in our feminine while they're able to embrace their emotions. Because especially lately, I'm very big on speaking love into the male population just because Mm. it's so often that, oh, men are this, men are trash, men are not shit, blah, 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 blah. And for me, that gives them it it kind of gives them a pass to not be shit (laughs) to be trash because if we're already telling you you're trash then you don't have a standard to live up to so they don't have that opportunity to go into their masculine because then they're in that toxic masculinity stage instead of that healthy masculine stage
0: right Right. Yeah, that is true. We like, yeah, we, we were not helping. I don't want to say everyone's not helping, but I think that's part of that, that feminine energy of support. If you think of it, right. That support, even like we take it to mother Gaia, she's the support that support energy. So feminine energy is definitely a support system. That's the nurture. That's the comfort, right. To just be in that space and to comfort somebody else. Um, And I think, yes, we definitely have to do that. That has to start, not to say that men that aren't older can't learn this, but it's kind of hard once you're already in your, your ways to, to kind of change unless you want to change, but definitely starting at the the kid level, you know, it took my daughter a minute to get that with the boys because they're, they're very emotional. They're Scorpios. They're very emotional. Those emotions come and it's like, ah, you know, and the tears come down (laughs) And there was times she kept, she kept like, stop crying, your boy's descent. And I would say, stop doing that. they're boys, let them feel it. Let them tell you what they're feeling. Let them express it. Let them work through it so they can understand, is it, am I really feeling this? Or maybe I'm, you know, maybe it's too much. And so it took her a minute to kind of, but I raised her that way. I was raised that way. And unfortunately, when she would cry, would be like, uh, suck it up, put some dirt on it. Are you, are you dead? No. Is anything broken? No. All right, you good. You know? Like knock it off. So unfortunately I raised her like that too, to not cry, to not be emotional, but she's a very emotional kid. So no matter how, what I did, she has a cancer moon. So it was always crying, always crying. And I had a hard time dealing with it. I used to be like, why are you crying now? Like, what are you crying for? <laughs> Why? But it took me to understand that we're all different. Like, it took me a long time with my daughter to understand that we're all different. But then I'm a different, so I'm so different with my grandsons because now I know so much more and I've come, you know, come into this path. And so now I'm like, let them work through it. Let them say what's going on. You know, when one, when one of them are having that time when they're crying and they come to me and I'm like, okay, breathe, first of all. Let's go through the breathe and they're like crying and breathing and it's like okay yeah exactly uh, okay so what's going on and we can talk through it and then they actually realize that what they're so all over the place is actually not that big you know and they just needed a moment to regroup and then it's like okay i'm good
2: i feel that's my daughter when she needs a nap yeah cries about anything and everything's just cry
0: and in the they're feeling their emotions they don't really get it yet to them that nap is crucial right now to them the whole fucking world is going on to us it's like do you know we can we start we can and the kids are like i don't understand your your language right now all i know is my fucking world in this fortnight right now (laughs) it's got me on the edge and i want to kill everybody
2: (laughs) but my my daughter, she's a Pisces moon, so she's always like internally emotional, but she's also very stubborn because she's on the cusp of Aries and Taurus. So she's just a stubborn, emotional child all the time. But, yeah. but I love her. She's clever though. She's she's clever.
0: Yeah, all you can do is let them process it and and they got to work through that and understand what they're feeling. You know, that's actually as an adult now, this is what I'm doing with myself as an adult, because I've never been someone to process those emotions or even deal with emotions. I would not deal with that shit at all until I'm crying and I'd be crying in my in my shower or I'd cry in my car, um, but I would not cry. It's crazy cause me and my daughter were just talking about that. And she, we were talking about this one time cause when we first moved to Orlando um, and I thought I had everything planned out but then a whole bunch of other shit happened and we ended up in a hotel for like, you know an extended stay for like a year. And then they changed their policy where they were kind of no kids at the extended stay. And they kind of just kicked us out, like with no real notice. And the boys were so little and we literally had to get out and figure it the fuck out. And I was like a few days before payday, you know what I mean? Just like, couldn't know where to borrow money from. And like, literally, um, I did not know what we were gonna do the next day. And I was like trying to stay strong. And I remember like that next day, right before we had to, like that day, my income tax was in my account and I wasn't expecting it. And I just started crying when I checked my account. And my daughter was like, mom, that was like the second time I had ever seen you cry in my whole life. And I was just like, Wow. She was like, besides watching movies with you every, you know, stuff like that, but just real life stuff. She said, Mom, that was the second time I had ever seen you cry. And I thought about that. My 16 year old, at the time she was 16, had only seen me really cry in life two fucking times out of all the stuff we had ever been through. And I was like, Damn, you know, like, oh shit because I would not show her. I always wanted to show her everything was okay and we weren't falling apart, but I'm like, that did her a disservice because life falls apart. Shit happens and you got to figure it out, you know? And so now I look at it and I'm like, now I'm crying all the time. I'm like, fuck it. I'm crying. Oh, well, (laughs) (laughs) fuck it. It's so different and it's so hard to do it, Queenie. Man, this shit has been rough (laughs) to get to this place because I still fucking fight it. but. I'm tired of the towers. I don't want no more towers from spirit. I'm doing it. So now I'm just like, fuck it. With these emotions, we're just gonna go. We're just gonna go. We're gonna feel it, process it. And now my daughter's like, okay, you're just crying all the time.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And when 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 I do finally do cry, it's like then I'm like angry. I'm like, no, fuck this. I'm gonna get this shit done and we're just gonna move forward. And that's what ends up. You know, because my emotions end up falling up, and it and, and it happens like that, and then I end up just saying, "Fuck it, I'm moving. Let's get this done." So that's and that's you know, like I said, it's very rare, but when it does finally happen, I'm I'm pissed. I'm moving. I'm done. Yeah. You know,
2: so See, I, I feel you play. on that. Yeah. See, if I'm pissed, I get productive. Like I'm gonna go do stuff, clean stuff, anything to get me from like blowing up on somebody. That's one of those things like to counter react it. And if I'm like really like in my feels, I'll listen to music and try to meditate to it, like feel the feelings while I meditate so that I can like let it out some way. It's helpful. I would say
0: that. Yeah, I think it depends on what the situation is, right? Because I do feel like you should express yourself most of the time, right? Unless you're expressing yourself, the other person is expressing themselves and it's not going nowhere, right? Then I believe in taking that step back because nothing is going to come up. The conversation is just going to keep going back and forth, right? So I do know you got to know your limit to the conversation of what you're having, but I think that bottle up always comes from not expressing when you should probably express until now the rage and the explosion comes and all hell's fucking going on. And I've been there so many times of not expressing, like holding in, holding in until I just fucking blow up. And, and then here comes the the harsh harshness of the situation, right? When maybe yeah. we could have went when we were still peaceful. <laughs>
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, for sure for me I have like a Leo moon so I like have to like find other ways to like release it without kind of keeping it in and I don't try to do it to a person I'll be nice enough if it's a person really being like a big you know D word I'm going to like put them in their place nicely but not like put up with it I'm not gonna like cuss them out call them a whole bunch of things but I'm just gonna be like you know, this is how it is.
0: Right. Yeah, because I think feminine power is so strong. And I think that's where people get, when we say soft, they think like you can't be forceful or you can't stand in that power as feminine. It's like, no, what the fuck do you get that from? (laughs)
3: <laughs> like,
0: not even we are supposed to master ourselves though so just remember that even as you're all you know all of our signs and moons and shit like that we are meant to master that shit and i have not mastered none of mine so i'm not talking shit to anybody but we are supposed to master them i have counteracted my gemini moon i think i'm doing really good with that um we have some other stuff we we still got to work on i think i'm doing really good my Venus and Capricorn I think I'm doing really good with that one I've let so much stuff go Woo! (laughs) 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 the need to control everybody I have so let all that shit go I think I'm doing excellent there I feel
2: you on that though (sighs) I definitely feel on that I will say that like for me, it's definitely been trying to make a balance. Like, mm-hmm. for me, when I was younger, I was a lot more extroverted. And now that I'm older, I'm, like, an introverted extrovert. Like, I just kind of want to stay to myself. Don't really, like, have a big circle anymore. Just, you know, do me and my family and whatever I have to do.
0: Yeah. I don't think you need all that. I've never been someone who likes the whole huge group <clears throat> stuff. I mean, I'm always... I like always have a know a bunch of people, but I still go into myself and I'm the loner. I just like I, I just like my my time. You no, know, I don't like calling and talking to people every day.
2: I mostly a lone wolf. it's it's because your energy is what they like. They see it. They feel it. It's bright. And they're like, oh, this is great. But we're just kind of like, yeah, I'm here. But I'm also like going to go and like be to myself. Yeah. I'm yeah. fine without anything.
0: I can't do that. I see other people and they're like talking on the phone with million people all day long. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. I don't call me every day. Like I don't don't call, I'm just not that person. I I don't do small talk. So if you guys have ever noticed, like I have to have a, a conversation or a topic, right? I don't do the small talk. So we're every day you're calling me to talk about like your coffee or something, I'm just not interested. I'm sorry, and I can't act like I'm interested in the conversation. Uh, You know, it's like, okay, yeah, your children are great. Your animals are great, good. Love you too. Bye, you know what I mean? I was like, okay, what do you want me to, you know, we've talked all day. It's like, we just talked yesterday. Why are you calling me today? I just can't do it. I can't do the small talk, it's hard.
2: Yeah. I'm the same way. I'll be MIA for like weeks sometimes and people like will think I'm bad. I'm like, nope, I'm like that with everybody. I just kind yeah. of stay to myself a lot. Right. I don't know. It's just maybe with age, maybe just with the stuff I've dealt with. It's. it's sometimes it just feels better to be at peace by yourself. Just too much energy sometimes. Yeah.
0: I think some people, <laughs> it's hard for them to be alone. So the constant need to interact with people so they don't feel it. Because I know that when you just look at a lot of things it stems from our traumas and I just think a lot of people are unaware of that. And um, I've just always been someone I need my time. I need to regroup. I need to hermit. You know, I have strong Virgo in my chart. I need to hermit away from people and come into my own little space and then regroup. Because it's not that I'm not social. I can talk to fucking anybody, anywhere. I can have a conversation. You know, you could be a fucking homeless person and I can have a down-ass conversation with you in a minute. But I still need that space to regroup and like retract, you know dance
1: for sure i i i know a lot of people i have my friends but i have i don't like being in a big group of friends Mm. usually i have friend groups and there's usually like three of us so it's me um janelle and laura me nadia and zara so it's like that's how I do it. And I was just talking to my best friend today because she had asked me about somebody and I'm that person out of sight, out of mind. And I always say I'm a horrible friend because if you're not around, (laughs) I'm just not thinking I'm not looking for you or whatever. And my mom asked me about that yesterday yesterday that there's this one person who's in Florida also. And she's like, oh, you keep in contact with Steven? I'm surprised. And I was like, yeah, because he's reached out enough (laughs) that it's only fair that I put some effort in as well. But I can be the worst. <laughs> yeah.
0: I used to call myself the worst friend until I realized I just don't like small talk. And and I've never been the girl who likes to gossip on the phone. So you know what I mean? That's never been me. So I was never like, you know, calling people or talking and be like, oh, do you know what happened today? And when people would call me with that shit, I'd be like, okay, what do, you, what do you want me to do with this? Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? So I've never been in that. I've tried. You know what I mean? Because you just try, but it's never been my thing. I just always like, yeah, no.
3: Yeah, I only have like one friend and one associate and then my family, and then I have you guys. And that's about all I have. Because you know, I I trust like no one. So, you know, and even with the, the friend, you know, I still even keep a distance, but you know, I, that's just me. I'm at the stage of myself, so. Yeah,
0: it just, I don't think you gotta have a million friends, you know, to be, I think that's also that misconception, like women all, you gotta be a million women friends and shit, and when you see people with large groups, there's a bunch of chaotic shit going on. Anyway, a bunch of fucking talking behind everybody's back and all this other extra shit. It's just like, yeah, no, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm good. Yeah. Mm. I,
1: I do like the idea of having strong women in your life. Yeah. And um just so that you can have that support in that way and like the times where maybe you're feeling weak you have somebody else that you can lean on or have as that example or somebody who will help push you forward and push you up instead of that catty gossipy mm-hmm. blah blah because that's why a lot of women say, oh I don't like to have women friends. I don't I don't deal with women, etc etc. It's mm-hmm. the women that you are around. And I do think strong women that is a very feminine trait that is being in your feminine because you're be you're able to be uplifting. You're able to be there and nurture those other women.
0: Right, right. I think that's the what a lot of women fail to realize because they they're they're not there, it's such a competition and I've seen so much at work (laughs) that you have this constant competition in caddy and back talking behind each other's, you know, back but in each other's face. And it's just like why when we can work together? You know what I mean? In that whole like down talk people and I've seen it all. I've I've even I've even had people like say certain shit to me and I'm like, interesting that you feel like that is a nice you know what I mean? Like interesting that you thought that should come out of your fucking mouth right now.
2: <laughs> It's. It can even go back to like when we had the last like talk where it was about like the energy vampires. I had a friend from high school that she has um, borderline personality disorder. So they have a select favorite person, and that person, even if they're like in some difference, they will do everything against that person because it's an emotional based disorder. It's all emotions, always and forever. Right. And that was a person who became an energy vampire towards me. Like for, and she was one of those people who would want to talk for like four hours on video chat, four hours straight, just yeah. continually, and then get off, and then want to get right back on, or always wanting to hang out, and just always those things. I had to like be like, no, this is like too much. Yeah. Can I have other relationships without yeah. it being like impeding into the friendship, basically? Yeah.
0: You know, it's crazy that I actually just kind of went through that with someone who I didn't realize was as negative as they were. And like two years later, we just fell out and it was kind of this realization of all of our conversations, it's always dead negative of what is going on and who's doing what, and that's how the conversation, and it's crazy, because it was just like, did I really, am I this (laughs) spaced out that I never really noticed this shit? Have I really been like that off that I've just not noticed this? And because every time you kinda, you know, we talk about healing and we talk about changing our path and how we grow, is when stuff started (laughs) to get more apparent to me, like, wait a minute, these conversations are not uplifting. These conversations are not positive. They're actually all fucking negative. And then you just start to realize it's like, holy shit. Like this is not, this is not, and that being on video chat for like hours, it's like, I got shit to do. I I can't sit here on video chat with you for hours. Like I'm actually taking care of some shit. Like I I don't get it. But I think it comes from that needing, needing that whole needing energy
2: whatever they can't get in themselves they want to get it out of somebody else it may not be their full intention but it is what ends up happening Mm -hmm. like and then you can't even have like other relationships like for her it was an impeding like when i started to get in a relationship though that we weren't gonna be friends anymore that basically me being with this person is gonna cut her out and it's like Mm -hmm. that's not me it's not a me thing it's a you thing like yeah i should be able to have whatever relationship and boundaries or my own time to myself because it gets like smothering it's that smothering energy
0: right i had a, a a best friend we were we were best friends for about 20 years and when new people would come around she would act a certain way and it was like she was jealous of like new people coming around and it was like wait a minute why are you mad off of new people or like we didn't even like the same stuff. We started to grow apart. It was just like we weren't the same people, you know. She was like going into these uppity clubs, and I was the bar girl. I liked being in the bar. I preferred the bar. It's homey. It's you know what I mean. It's it's laid back. I don't have to be all dressed. There's no fucking dress code to get in here. And she liked to get all dressy and you know go to these other places. And we were just not on the same page. And there was a lot of that cattiness of the the new people, like you know that I was with, and we. Ended up falling out on some very very bullshit ass stuff you know but that's probably the first time in my life where i started to stand up and say no more because the second you take it to the other level you let your emotions get into it i'm done i cut you know and i ended up having to cut her off and then ended up cutting the other people off because it was just a big huge fucking mess, and it was just ridiculous and i mean I, i'm like okay i could be petty But I ain't that petty. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, moments but not that fucking petty,
2: Boundaries is another version of self-love and self-care because you're doing it for yourself and making sure yourself is, like, protected. Yeah. And and sometimes I think it is that, like, partly because of just how society is, but also us as a general. Like, we've gotten so used to being a certain way where most of us, like, more masculine-type females we want to keep away from the drama because it's just not our thing. We just want to stay as far away. Just be like, no, nah, I'm good. You just you stay over there. I'm going to stay over here. I'm to just do my own thing.
0: I don't see a need. I really love uh, working with women. I love us coming together like, it's a game changer, right? And have these beautiful conversations and uplift. And I've never been someone who understood drama to begin with, right? I've actually always had drama around me in some way, shape or form, but I never understood why. It was like, why am I always being sucked into this shit? Like what the fuck is going on here? And you have to kind of realize it's what you allow. You allow yourself to be sucked in it. And I would, because. You think this is what being a friend is, right? This is, I'm being a friend. I'm being sucked into the shit. I'm not the person where you're like, oh, you're my best friend. I'm going to accept all your bullshit. No, don't call me. Don't call me with your shit. Don't, I know I'm not going to go beat up nobody with you. I'm not the best friend to call. People would understand, like, nope, she's not the one to call. Don't fucking call me with your drama. I'm not hiding a dead body with you. There's just a lot of shit I'm not doing for you. I'm not catching the case because you want to go fucking blow somebody's shit up i'm not that friend (laughs) don't call me and i think that people kind of started to realize like yeah she's she's not that one i'm i'm loving yes but it's like no fucking call me for the bullshit like no you're going with you know you're getting into it with your guy okay you guys get into it all the time what do you want me to do in this moment of my life but you know be all in my ear about some shit
2: <laughs> hey, if it's like that kind of stuff, usually it's like if you're allowing yourself to allow it, that's on you because yeah. I can tell you whatever you want me to like give you advice on. If you're not going to take it, then it's not really going to do anything, right? Because sometimes people have to heal, a lot of it is just stemmed off of like wanting to heal or have a complete family or have all these things that we like known right. as ideals, and that's the one thing, like. I think as society, we have to be okay with being single and having children, being single, or even just being incomplete in the way that we grew up thinking that was complete. Like, right. it doesn't have to be that way. We have to be happy with being us, in right. us. Yeah, there's a lot of stigma about that.
0: Like you have to be and you have to stay. You know, I had a, a client, a male client who was so banana shape because he's on his spiritual path. And so many things have changed where he's just not into the baby mother no more. And she's, even though she's kind of spiritual, it, he's just kind of changed his path. And she's kind of upset because she thought him going more spiritual would make things better. And it actually made him see that their trauma bond, or you know what I mean? It kind of awakened him in a way where it's like, I'm actually moving further away from her now because of where I'm at, but he was so been out of shape of being family and everyone telling him like he's a horrible person because he wants to leave. And it's like, no, you're gonna force them to be with her. I get that they had a child, but you're gonna force him to be in a situation he doesn't love. The children see this shit, they know. Like I knew my parents did not love each other. Fucking toxic as hell. Like I told my mom all the time, why didn't you leave my dad? Like, why didn't you get up and leave? You could have left at any fucking time. What was the point of you staying? Her logic was, I was keeping the family together. OK, so just fuck us up. You know, you're keeping the family together. All right, well, how did that work?
3: <laughs> yeah, that that's like my mom. My dad had cheated on my mom. And she made us, like, walk around to go find this woman. And then all I can think was, why are you staying with him now? And he used to drink real bad, and um, he used to hit her. Why are you staying with him? And then he ended up stopping everything, but after all that you've been through, why are you staying with him? You know, why are you seeing, why are you putting us through all this, you know? And then as she got older, she just pretty much gave up. And, stayed with him the rest of her life until she passed you know right So it's
2: a, it's a sad thing yeah i'll i'll definitely say being a child of like my mother being that way like she would stay with men way longer to the point where either her kids would end up getting hit or she would end up getting hit and it's like a sad moment like it, it definitely trade it teaches us to be more resentful in ways that we shouldn't be because we're going through it and we're like why are you allowing this and either we get the reaction that's negative for it or we're the vic- like we're the one that they put the um problems on like right. they're the victim and we're the blame because they didn't stay because of us right they left because of us right and it it causes a lot more like strife over them over life because then that just kind of dictates how we are towards other people or even ourselves.
0: All right, cause I, I definitely caught bullshit on my mom talking about she was just keeping the family together. Cause when I got to my teens, I got emancipated. I tell everybody this story. When I got 16, I, I got emancipated and divorced their asses. And was just like, y'all wanna be you? Bye, that's how I was it's like, because I came to realize that my mom was actually toxic as fuck. It wasn't just that my dad was this abusive drug addict. You know, my mom actually was very toxic. And when I got to my teens, I was ending up having to try to calm her down and get her off of messing with my dad. And my dad would be drunk, but he would be off to his own. My dad was all, was very peaceful drunk, what I saw in my teens. So it was like, where is this horrible man that you always talk about? Because I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing him trying to go off in his little corner and be to himself. And here you go, hitting him with some shit, fucking some shit up, starting arguments. And it's like... What are you doing so i saw another side to my mom when i got older that made me realize oh wait you're just as toxic in this situation than you have been but you've blamed him as the problem and then you blamed us saying that we were the ones who you stayed with him for and you didn't you out of your own selfish reasons but you you, you blamed everybody else so that thing you realize early on like okay She's, she's definitely toxic as hell. Like you chose to stay in here for your own reasons, not because of us, because me, I was like, I didn't even wanna argue After, with my baby daddy. I was like, I'm done. I'm not gonna fucking do the rest of my life arguing with you on some bullshit. We don't even get along. We don't even like each other. We don't even have the same fucking interests. Like what are we? what are we together for? It was just like, I'm not going to do 20 years with you. And then you're looking back like, what the fuck? And then we get divorced. So I was just like, no, I'd rather do it on my own. And then I was like, I'll go be a single mom. And yes, it's hard out there. But if you have a support system and hopefully you have a support system, lean on them versus being unhappy. And I think we should be there more supportive for the men instead of them being in an unhappy fucking household because they're looked at as a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit if you want to leave. And I see it all the time where women are constantly down in men. Oh, you left your family. And it's like, you'd rather him stay with you and be unhappy just to claim you have a happy family. I don't understand that part. I think...
2: I think a lot of women forget that men also get in the same abusive situations or emotionally manipulative situations where they become exactly what we have either dealt with where we become like emotional shells, where we just kind of like go into ourselves and just like, you know, give in and just bend the knee always. And that's like a thing that even men have to try to change in themselves. It's just the stigma that mostly like men are not that way or they don't go through it. And I think that's that's a hard thing for at least in the men's society, like because they can't one be less masculine and two they can't voice themselves because most people are like, nah, it's not it's not true it's not right. it's not happening. Well, my, I
3: can say that my husband is like equal, you know, because uh, he right now you know he's doing laundry, he's folding clothes, he didn't want to come past this way to mop the floor, so. You know, he is like equal. He is masculine and feminine. He is he, he's a Gemini and he, he does it pretty well. Oh, so I can thankfully say that I am blessed.
0: Great. I think that's awesome though. Like what well, we saw, mm-hmm. you saw Johnny Depp, the issue with Johnny Depp and Amber. Is her name Amber Heard? <laughs> Amber Heard, yeah. yeah. Is Amber Heard? Yeah. Which was like, and this is, you know, that's one of the stigmas that, you know, if that men are there, you know, you're you're a man, right? Why would you put up with this? But men put up with so much shit. I seen my brother go through some shit and put up with a lot of stuff. And um it definitely used to bring the family into a bunch of chaotic shit, right? Um, of the constant chaos and stuff. And you see a lot of men that just take, 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 take and they don't stand up because again one what's going to happen if I do decide to leave what's going to happen to all my stuff because women get very destructive on men's stuff we see it all the time like, like you know let's be real right and then not to mention court because men I've seen a lot of men unfortunately they don't have that say so in court women automatically get the child unless they're deemed a drug addict or something like that it really has to be like a real crazy crazy you know, situation for them to even say, okay, yeah, you could see your child, you know? So it gets pretty hard for them. And I think that's another thing of trying to get away from that and being that support for men instead of just automatically downing them for the choice to leave a situation. Because some women are very
1: toxic. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, I'm sure I I know I've been that toxic female in certain ways. Hmm? Um, I've never been the destroyer of property, but the manipulation. yeah, Yeah, I've definitely done it in the past and I've had to recognize that in my toxic relationship where we were both toxic where now i'm able to grow from it but at the time yeah it it was me my toxic femininity yeah yeah see i will
2: definitely say like i have a partner who is in a relationship with a girl who is more narcissistic and more herself where he literally had to go months without even getting any sexual stuff from her just to, like, do everything and anything in the house for her. And it was, like, a hard thing because you kind of get stuck in that, like, how are you going to be able to trust the next person you're with if you can't even, like, get out of that same feelings of trauma, if that makes sense. Right, right, right.
0: Yeah, I think we all, I mean, when you just grow up with toxic people, you will have those, those traits, you will until you learn. There were, there's definitely moments that I can look back of myself, especially emotional manipulator. That one I have been, oh my God, I have been. It was up until like last year that I realized, oh shit, I still, you know, in so many ways, still emotionally manipulating but like there was some things that I just never did. Like I never used my daughter against her, my daughter's father. Like it was never nothing like that because I was very adamant about that. Like I'm not gonna force you to be the father and I'm not gonna take her from you you have a choice and you chose what you chose, you know, that's your choice and you and her will have to deal with that when she gets older. Like that was my thing with, with her, like, Oh yeah. The emotional manipulator, which I never really, cause I'm not an emotional person. Didn't realize, that, <laughs> didn't realize that's a thing, but you definitely can hit those chords, you know, but I look at who I was raised and I'm like, yeah, I could see why. <laughs> <laughs> Because my mom was the guilt tripper, you know. She's like, you know, guilt trip you into everything. It's just
2: like, all right. Yeah. Yep, the passive aggressive stuff. Being one way at one moment, and if you don't do it, to get the exact opposite way, and they're very aggressive about it. Yeah. It's It's, horrible. (laughs) Yeah. I will say there was, definitely with my first baby dad, he had a drinking problem, and this is, like, hereditary. So it's like... It's even harder for them to kick it. And he wasn't there for our daughter at all. And she had cystic fibrosis. So she's in and out of the hospital a lot. And it's even like the stigma of he, he knows I'm a good mother. But at the same time, he's not afraid to tell people that I kept her out of his life when I never did. Yeah. You, you can't make a person a parent. You can't make a person actually do things. You can't make them do any of that. It's either you're going to step up fear fear or not or you're not right right you right. definitely cannot yeah, not it's not a you could fight
0: all day long you could you could go to bat all, every day and it's not, and it doesn't matter if it's the your partner, your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your children. It's at some point you realize that people are themselves and they're gonna choose what they choose. And your only choice or control in a situation is how you respond, right? That's it. There's nothing else you can fucking do in a situation. And I think that's where we drive ourselves crazy. We drive ourselves crazy on trying to force someone to see what we see or do what we want or be who we want. Right?
2: The expectations, the expectations we have of them, and the expectations of how it really is because mm-hmm. we can never control anybody and we never can control somebody's free will. That's like it's the same thing with like even with our tarot. I think we talked about it last time you can do one tarot reading one day and it can change the next day because of that person's free will. It's about somebody, yeah. yeah.
0: I've it had always they'll get it one day and it's all beautiful and the next day it's like and it's like well what the fuck did you do and it's like well i did this and i'm like why we just had this beautiful fucking reading <laughs> yesterday you chose to do the opposite you instead of going right where spirit told you you fucking go left and it's like wait what what the fuck happened and now you're wondering why the energy has changed <laughs> it's a quick what? <laughs> Like that shit used to drive me crazy. Like, so now um, that's
2: my kind of like, my disclaimer.
0: The <laughs> energy is subject to change.
2: It's true though. It, re- it really is true. It's. I think that's what we as a people, we needed to stop. Trying to expect what we expect people to be or to do because how we would do it is not how they're going to do it so we can't give them the same expectations even if we're more willing to like be more you know generous cautious give them a little bit more leeway or give them more sympathy about stuff it doesn't mean that they're going to have the same initial thought in their head
0: right right I had horrible expectations my whole life. And I used to set myself up for failure with that. And it really is this path that kind of opened me up to understand that. Because every time I went back to whoever did what, it was always, I would never do them like that, right? I would, what I would do. And then I would have to catch myself like, okay definitely not we're not the same apparently we're definitely not the same so i would have to come back to that you can't control how people how people respond it's just not gonna happen so you just have to be okay some people can choose to not show up and as hurtful as that is at some point you got to accept it and that's where a lot of people get stuck in the acceptance of what is and i know for me that's been a bitch to work through the acceptance of people and who they are and how they show up and it's just like all uh, uh, um, all right release
2: <laughs> i feel you on that though release <laughs> the only thing we can control is ourselves and that's about the only thing we can do Right. Yes. It. but it's not uh, easy it's not easy to try to like focus on yourself sometimes because sometimes we want to focus on other people so we don't have to focus on ourselves because sometimes it's just harder to focus on ourselves because then we have to really think about things that cycle
0: it's crazy because my daughter is like um you know like I definitely am not the person I used to be I'm so on what I'm doing that I've literally let my house go in so many ways. Like I used to be this person that cleaned all the fucking time. And she's like, mom, I've never seen your house with dust and shit like, you know what I mean? Like she's never seen my house with dust. And she's, I was like, yeah, the woman that you remember cleaning all the time was the woman who kept herself busy constantly so that i didn't have to sit with myself so i'd be at work and i'd come home and i and i'd cook and i'd clean and then go to bed and on my weekends if i didn't binge watch i was i would take a whole day and i would clean from top to bottom the whole fucking apartment and wash clothes and everything and that was because of that not wanting to deal with myself, not wanting to sit with myself. And so that was my routine all her fucking life. Like, that's what she remembers. Unless we were going somewhere, doing something, I was cleaning because that was me keeping myself busy and not having to sit in the shit. Right. Because I literally would go and fall into a depression. and I never knew how to to deal with it. Now, when I have those moments of going into, because it's not like I don't suffer from depression. It's not like it just magically has disappeared. It's that now I understand what I'm going through and I allow myself to process. And sometimes it does get dark and sometimes it does get kind of like, damn, why am I going back to this space? But now I allow myself to work through it and just not stay in it. And I still make the conscious choice to, OK, we're, tomorrow we're, we're working on this to get out of this space and not stay in it. But it's still there. It's still, you know, there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of shit that's just there.
2: I feel it. I feel like I definitely recognize like when I lost my daughter and I got the darkest in my like depression grief that I like could tell the things that I learned from therapy about like, okay, I need to go out and do something. I can't just sit in this. I have to go and try to keep myself out of this because this is not what I need. And I can't stay in this. And I would say that is a beneficial thing that I like was able to be able to see and notice in the like the moment, like it does help. It does help to go to therapy to learn more about yourself and more outlets. Right.
0: I think one of the biggest things is I think that I kind of uncovered was that society is so afraid to talk about that darkness, right? Because a lot of our darkness goes to suicidal thoughts. And a lot of people get very scared to talk about it because it's like, oh no, we don't want to talk about it. And it's like, if I don't talk about this shit, then I just think about this shit. But so I'm going to talk about it, right? But everyone is scared to talk about that S word. It's just like, "Mm -mm, we don't want to go there. We don't want to push them to the edge. And it's like. Do you even wanna know why I go there? Do you wanna know why I get to that space? And it's crazy because a couple months ago, I was, those thoughts came up and I'm like, why am I thinking this? And I process, the thing about it is not allow myself to process it. I'm not afraid to talk about suicide. I'm not afraid to go there, right? And it's like, my daughter was talking to me and I was like, I'm unimpressed right now. <laughs> in, that, in that moment, I was like, I'm unimpressed with life right now. And she was like, damn, that's some real shit. I was like, yes, yes, that's where I'm at. That's where it's coming from. And I think if we can get to that point where we can process it, we could talk about it better where it doesn't get us to where like we're we're actually gonna go do it, you know? But you have to process what you're feeling to understand. Why do you wanna take your life? Why are you like fuck this life? I'm over this shit. Why are you at this point? And if you don't start to look at it, then you just miss it because everyone's afraid to talk about it or afraid to have those conversations. And I think that's a beautiful thing for you to be in, especially in a nurturing self, is to allow yourself to, what am I feeling in this moment and honoring it and talking it through? You know, you have to, because otherwise you're just bottling that shit up and then you're staying in the darkness, but you're not processing it. I've been so many times in that dark ass shit and never process it like I do today totally different process now, you know? It's definitely true. Yeah.
1: And even what you say about being able to talk about it, it's not even always the person who's having the emotions that don't want to talk about it. It's the person on the other side. Yes. And its it takes away from the situation. <laughs> Letting them talk about their feelings is not going to cause them to want to commit suicide. Right. Like you said, they're they're already having the thoughts, and now right. you're leaving them with those thoughts to themselves because right. it's uncomfortable for you. It's right. uncomfortable for you to hear. And luckily, I believe my yes. background in nursing, because that's part of the interview process, I have to discuss that with my right. patients on the regular. So it makes me a little bit more comfortable if somebody is talking about it outside of my workspace. Cause I know like, okay, let. if you're talking about it with me, there's a reason. Right, 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 right. I never thought about that, but that's probably why I've,
0: it had that comfortability after damn near a living years <laughs> as a medical assistant. I always did those questionnaires and I always did those, you know, the PHQ-9s and shit with each patient sitting and talking about this. That makes sense. I'm like, yeah, that does make sense.
2: Yeah, it it definitely is in that sense because like if somebody is wanting to commit suicide or close to it, they will reach out because they need somebody to bring them back down and if they're getting to the point where they're so depressed that they don't reach out it's more than likely they're they're going to be ready to do it and that's the one thing so if somebody reaches out really depressed to the point of suicidal thoughts always reach always reach out back to them support them talk to them because that's really what it is they just need somebody to hear them like it's it's a different thing when you're ready to be in that mindset of just going like you don't care what your family thinks anymore you don't care what you're leaving all those things like it's one of those kind of things that like if you are saved you either gonna try it again or it's gonna be that wake up call that you need it's one of those things for me it was an epiphany in a way like yeah going through it and being like like I'm supposed to be here there's no other reason why I'm still here right
0: I think that is the other side of, because people get very afraid. And when someone can't, they know they can't talk to other people because I'm going to upset mom. I'm going to upset so-and-so. They're going to now be on mom suicide watch now. You know what I mean? Like knowing, you know, and the reason it kind of dawned on me, my daughter had wrote a suicide note and I had found it when I was moving all of our stuff. She was 14 and it broke me down and that was in the beginning of, of me being an, an MA so I really wasn't you know training on it but it it just was like oh shit I have this teenager who is angry who is sad who is wrote a note saying goodbye you know what I mean she didn't take her life, luckily, but she was at that point. And, she, and what broke me is she couldn't come to me and talk to me, even though I felt like I was so like, come talk to me about anything, right? But she couldn't. And so I, you know, I talked to her about it and we talked about it after that. And then it kind of dawned on me like that, just someone who what you're going through, because I always would be like, why are you crying? Why are you upset? And I'd get angry with her for what she was feeling. So she, at some point, being coming that 14-year-old, was like, well, I can't go to her. She's going to be pissed off. She's not going to understand, which I never did. Never did I understand. And it was in those moments where she was like, yeah, mom, I'm not you. You went through this by my age. You know, you had already had a kid. You know, you lost the kid. <laughs> you know, you went through all this shit. I'm not you. I'm not handling stuff. And that's like the year of where it was like, you're right. Like I'm treating you as if you were me, but you didn't even go through what I went through. And this is why you can't speak about how you're feeling and you're just bottling it up. And I think that's what happens with a lot of teens, a lot of children, a lot of adults. They get to this place where they have no one that they trust that will understand or at least let them speak about what they're going through. You know, one of the things that we hear in the healing circle all the time is just people being able to talk. Because in that moment, you're not being judged. Nobody's telling you, Hey, your life could be better. Suck it up. Nobody's telling you that you're being able to sit in this space and just feel and process what you're going through. And that's the difference. And then of course, on this path, that's what makes me just like, there's a huge difference. A lot of people have, even though people know, but people treat them. We had a, a person who, who, in one of the sessions where she was like, as soon as she gets to a space, everyone treats her like, the person who's going to commit suicide. So everyone's like, okay, we got to be nice. We got to tiptoe. We, you know, instead of like, let's talk about it. Let's, you know, not treat you differently in that moment, but just let you feel it. Let me sit with you. Let me hold this space so you could just cry and feel whatever you're feeling. But no one teaches us this shit.
2: So we don't know how to practice it. Well that, and people need to still like normalize that children can have depression, they can have anxiety disorders, they can have any of those things, and that they have to normalize it when they're younger and being okay with talking to them. Because if we don't, they're just gonna grow up being even more closed off, even more secluded, even more just not wanting to talk about it. Because like a lot of people, it's the way they grow up that you can't go to therapy because like therapy is just for the week. But it isn't therapy helps you so much like teaches you the best ways to like talk to people about your feelings without pushing blame on them because that's a lot of how we always usually do is you right. did this you did that you did this instead of like i feel like you did this i felt like this so that it's like right. okay well i see you're perceiving me this way so this is how i'm going to talk to you like right to right. make you understand
3: Well, when I used to be a CNA, I used to work with a lot of um, psych patients, and their emotions were just so up and down, you know, Um, between depression, manic, and what have you, even the suicidal. You know, you have to be as a medical field, in the medical field, and just not even in the medical field. Learn how to conduct yourself with them. Learn how to be able to talk to them so they don't go that far, that distance. You know, learn to try to calm them down, you know, to get them out of that energy, to be able to settle them, you know, until you can get them the help that they need, you know, because of the fact you're the only one that, if they're opening up to you, then you're the only one that can help them. So, and if you're the only one that they're opening up to, you're the only one that can help them. So you must be able to talk to them in the right way to get them the help that's needed.
0: Yeah, I think it's about just letting try to understand it as best as you can. Cause I attempt, I my first attempt of at suicide, I was 14. You know, I have a scar on my wrist that I, from time to time, I will look at it. And at, when I was 14, I just didn't want to be here anymore. That that was literally it. I felt alone. I felt no one understood me, and I just didn't want to be here. Like that, that was it. There was like, there was no fucking, you know, it wasn't like a mystery. Like that was pretty much it. And every time I've gotten to the place of where I felt like suicidal, that's how I feel. I feel like I, this is, I don't want to be here no more. I'm over this shit. I'm over this fucking life. I'm over this human experience. Right. Only now I understand it because I've been able to work through a lot. But when I was 14, I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't understand why I felt so different. I didn't understand why I felt like I didn't want to be here. I didn't understand, you know, that w- all of this stuff that we know now, especially in a spiritual path, there's a lot more clues that I've gotten, you know, being on the spiritual path. I didn't know any of that shit. I just knew I didn't want to be here no more. And I just was tired. Like I was, I tell you, I'm impressed. I go into these moments and I'm like... I'm kind of un- unimpressed with this shit. Like, what is next? Cause this is not gonna get it, you know? And that's why I say we have to normalize that because I was one of those parents was like, what, what are you sad about? What are you crying about? Your life is so much better, but your kids don't know your life. They weren't raised, you know, in your life. They're going through what they're going through. To your child, that is the worst experience of their life. May not be worse to you cause you've, you know, gone through other shit, But to them, this could be the worst ever in their life and they're processing it. And so they definitely, we need more support out there to be like, okay, maybe I don't fully understand, but let me just sit here with you and you talk about it. But I think people are so quick to be like, shut up, get on with it, go live your life. You know, your life is so good. And I've seen people with top careers take their life. You know, we had a director of our company who was the director, you know, uh, in Davida Medical Group who committed suicide. And she was such a fucking boss when she came in. Like, you would just look at her and be like, she has everything that you want to be. And then, no. And it's like, because people are, they're going through a lot and some people got to show up. But underneath, they're dying because they have no one that they can just sit and just, can I just sit in this space? And so I've learned how to just sit and hold space for people, which is something that's huge in healing to just sit. You don't got to say shit because people try to fumble with something to say. I need something to say. I need to say encouraging words. And sometimes you don't need to say anything. Just You're sit in hold there. space. Yep. Be there for that person, which is such a beautiful fucking thing.
2: It is like for me, I've had depression since I was at least ten. Like mine's long term. I'll have it until I grow old. But I tried to commit suicide at ten, but I didn't know how to go about it. So I tried to like hold my breath, and then I told my sister about it. My sister was like, you know, tell my mom like, hey, you need to go get her therapist. You need to get her on medication because it's like our family. We all my mom has it. My sisters have it. So they were trying to advocate for me when I was younger. I didn't get it. And I think it's just more a generational thing with my mom. Yeah. So when I got older, I definitely tried again. And then my my oldest sister, she ended up taking me to like what we call net care. And then they were like, yep, you definitely tried to, we're gonna take you so you can go to a psych ward so they mm-hmm. can find out really what it is. And it did help. It helped me get to therapy to talk about some of my right. stuff. But it is one of those things of like trying to normalize it like because it happens at any age. And the younger you are, you just don't know how to really like do anything about it. The older you are, you get more creative with it.
0: Right, 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 right.
2: It definitely can go through the
0: generations because like depression, definitely is in my family. There's a lot of different people with depression, suicidal and things like that. So there's definitely a generation now, of course on my path, I'm going more into the metaphysical. So when we look in the metaphysical, depression is ex- escapism, you're escaping this life. And what we don't realize is is a lot of us, we came here right with these beautiful purposes. And a lot of times, we're like okay i want to learn this that and oh that looks good you know we're over here shopping and shit like oh yeah give me that lesson and oh yeah i'm strong enough for this lesson but then when we get here a lot of times it's like whoa this is actually a lot this is actually too much my heart can't take this this is this is too much i I don't want to do this anymore you know i'm done with this i don't want to do this anymore and so again if you're not able to work through this to figure out how do I relieve these burdens or how do I relieve some of this shit that I asked for and no one's teaching you the right way. Well, that's where we want to just Okay, fuck it. If the only way to get out of this shit is taking my life and I'm going to take my life, right? Because depression is that. It's, you're trying to escape. It's figuring out what are you trying to escape? What are you trying to leave from? And then if, if things are that bad in your life, and, and again, it's not that it's that bad, but it's in this moment, it's too much. Like I even go through moments as an adult where things are too much for me like my daughter, she understands now. It's like, okay, I need to leave mom alone because in this moment, everything is super fucking loud. And I get in these moments. It's not that I'm super sensitive. It's just, that's the way my energy is. It'll get too loud. Everything's too much. And I just need a moment. Like, just like, give me a moment, you know? And I think that's all about us figuring each other out to say, okay, I recognize something's going on with you and let me give you This moment, And we don't do that as people. We're not supporting each other in that way.
2: No, we gain that fight or flight response. And people, some people don't back down because either in their own way, they think that if they let it go now, it's just never going to be resolved. But it's people need space because if you don't give them that space, they can have a mental breakdown and it could be more physically harming themselves in some way or trying to like run away, get somewhere where no else is at because you just, you need a moment because it gets, it just gets overwhelming. I think that's one thing people have to understand. You have to like, give the same sympathy to somebody that you would want to yourself. You can't just be on somebody, on somebody and on them without when they're like, hey, I need a break. I need a moment. Cause we all do. Right. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah so I cool. mean, I, I, uh, I grew up with my, my sister. She was, um, well, pretty much all, almost everybody in my family has a mental disorder. Um, but my oldest sister who had passed from um, brain cancer, she had an emotional disorder. And she used to run away from home all the time because she felt her emotions were just so complicated. You know, she ended up, um, you know, getting involved with the married man and running away. and you know, having children and, you know, then my mom didn't accept her. I was the only one that was there for her, you know, would help her out on, on times that my mom didn't even know, you know, and then it, it took me to get my mom to accept her and her children, you know, so it, it was a lot that I was growing up with. And then the, the man would break into my home, trying to get her back and the children, there was a lot of emotional up and downs within my family, you know. But um, she ended up finally breaking away. But she ended up going through so much mental distress, you know. She ended up losing all her children, and you know, she just—it was rough for her, you know. Um, there, she ended up having seven children. I'm only in contact with two. So. Oh yeah and you know and they're down here in florida so thank god for that but you know she ended up passing like 10 years ago from brain cancer and she never really worked you know she worked the street and because she didn't have no education because she always ran away from home and she was so emotionally not there so you know there was nothing that nobody could really do for her at that time so You know, I just tried to be there. You know, she was my sister. She was my best friend. I always looked up to her, you know, but I knew that she always had a problem, you know, and I just always tried to be there for her, so.
0: Yeah, it sounds like she had a lot going on in her energy, like, and not being able to have anyone to kind of really... You know, sometimes you have people there, but you don't have people there. You know what I mean? Like even all the times where I felt my lowest and suicidal, it's not that I didn't have anybody to call and talk to. It's just what I was processing within me. You know, in those moments of not wanting to fucking be here no more and it had nothing to do with anybody else. And I think a lot of time we we take it towards self, like, you know, how could you want to do that? How could you want to leave? But when someone's in those modes, you're it's you. You're unhappy with everything that's going on. And again, we're not open to talk about it. We're just not at that place. I mean, I'm very vocal about the shit now, but I wasn't raised in any family that we talked about suicide, right? That wasn't a thing that we talked about and it was open to deal with. That wasn't something. And I think no. that's where definitely got to be a game changer to be have the open conversation and talk about it. Because once you talk some of this shit through, you're like... Okay, I got that out. It's not as strong as it was. You know, I was able to process that. I was able to put those emotions to what I'm feeling, you know, and work through it. And of course there's no playbook on this shit. I'm not gonna act like there's a playbook, but hopefully more people just start to realize let's let's have this conversation, let's have the open conversations. Let's
2: normalize.
0: Yeah,
3: and my dad was Italian and you know my mom was Irish. So he was really strict on us. Like you, you know, Masha, you keep your mouth shut. What you are crying for? For right. you know, So she, she just felt like she was always stuck. So
0: right, right, right. Yeah, especially the older generations. I definitely, they really were like programmed to. You didn't speak about shit. Like doesn't matter what happened, you didn't talk about it. You didn't deal
2: with it. You just went on with life right generational and cultural because like my dad growing up being part puerto rican and indigenous it's he was he was born 51 so he was already in that whole same certain mindset of how life is because that's how they're raised to be that way right
0: right right yeah it it sucks it sucks so now we're like the game changers we're the game changers in the next generation some people think they're too soft but i would say (laughs) they're feeling those emotions really good
2: (laughs) it's one of those things like we are the game changers because we have to change it we have to change how we been brought up and how we are been raised instead of just continuing the same perpetual stuff. Like if I took everything my parents did and put it to my kid, it's gonna just continue. It's gonna be the same stuff. It's never gonna change. Like it has to be us changing it in the right direction for futures to be the same way. And it's just, I think that's the one thing people get so stuck on because at the end of the day, it's everybody feeling like they're against everybody. It's like, you know, everybody's divided. No one's really like saying that, like if we actually got together and worked together, we could overcome so much more, talk about so much more and do so much more. Right. Right. Yeah, I,
3: I completely raised my children different from how I was raised. You know, I let them be able to speak to me. I let them have their emotions. I, you know, I didn't just go shove them off in a corner or in the room you know, then that's what was done to me, you know. So now my children openly talk to me, you know, they openly discuss what their issues are, you know, even as young children. And like I used to tell them, I just, you have a brain, you know, use it, talk to me, let me know what's going on. Because you can't stay quiet, you gotta kind of talk to me. You have your own emotions, you have a brain, talk to mommy and let me know what's going on you know I that's how I raised them I wouldn't let them stay quiet if they had a problem I always had them talk to me about it
0: Mm, that's good
2: it is because a lot of kids don't even get to have that it's one of those like hard things because sometimes kids talk to their guidance counselors because they don't feel like they have anybody else to talk to right and sometimes that can only go so far because you know or guidance counselor. That's right. great. It's just slowly changing things because a lot of what our kids do is what we do. So if we're still stuck in the same stuff that we haven't worked through, it's going to bleed right into them and they're going to teach them exactly what we did, which sometimes it didn't work. Like for all of us, to an extent, things didn't work for how we grew, grew up, raised ourselves, conditioned in a way. That's right. like the biggest thing, because we get so stuck in our own self, but we don't notice it when we're doing it, when right. we're doing it.
0: Hell yeah, I thought I was the mom, like, you could talk to me about everything, right? And then I was like, what are you crying about? No,
3: my, my daughters even came to me about both patrol. I showed my son uh, the condom um, on banana. They you better than me. <laughs> I was very open with my children, very open.
2: I, I, I will say, living in New Jersey, they had like sixth or seventh grade. They had the whole like babies, the little ones that would cry over it all night, and you get to take them home. They gave it to us that young, so we're like already new. They yeah. even had like what they had like a little crack baby, is what they called it. And it like they had it. It looks like a little model, and it would shake, and it would show them like it will go in with. And they say it's because they're going through withdrawals, and how skinny they look, how they look, and. Just, yeah, about they trying to like teach us young being like, hey, this is how it is, because I think we had at least one girl in that grade that was already pregnant. But you're like,
3: from New started. Jersey, but then you're then the earlier generation of New Jersey, because when I was in New Jersey, they sure as hell didn't give me no baby. They just gave me a a, a board and. This is what this, this is what that, and
2: that's about all they showed me.
0: So.
2: Oh, yeah, no. No, they have, even had the fake baby belly, like where you can put it on, it was all filled with water. Oh, oh they, need, that.
0: they need that in every school, because my daughter had a fucking pack of sugar or flour. Like, that's what she toted around. Oh, yeah, you know even, You're just going to put it down. You're not giving a shit about that flour. Really, no. yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. No, these are the ones you have to twist it and hold it. It's not fun. Twisting and holding it in place for like 30 minutes. Just holding it. Baby thing. That in all the schools, like, have the Craig baby. Take the Craig baby <laughs> Yeah, like that was, it was one of those things of being like very shocked like, but yeah, they, they taught us young about it. Cause I, I had that baby door and wagon. Oh.
1: froze mid sentence yeah
0: I was like where were the crack babies when I was <laughs> I didn't get that that's why no. I was pregnant at 14
3: <laughs> she's a, she's just a younger generation in New Jersey because Jersey they didn't have none of that when I they, was growing up they need that everywhere
2: you yeah they do I agree belly,
0: get them back pains <laughs> that'll stop a whole lot of shit Take the crack baby, you will not want to fucking have a kid after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seizing and shaking and shit and crying all the time.
1: Oh no. <laughs> I just had to worry about not cracking my egg, not dropping the egg. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Right. I, yeah, I, I, I think they did definitely need those strap on kids and in, in the bellies um, and see how it really felt. Cause I think when, you know, of course, when you're a kid, what you're thinking of what it's gonna be and what it is, is so two different things. You know, and I've I've been a teen mom forever, so you don't get to find out who you are. You know, you don't. You don't get to find out who you are and then you're trying to figure that out when you're older. And that's like, who the fuck am I? Like, who the hell am I after all this time, you know? That's why you have a lot of people that have kids young and then they're in there forties and people like they're having a midlife crisis and shit because they have no clue of who the fuck they are. And all of a sudden it's like, now I got to figure it out. My kids are older now. <laughs> who am I? So, um, I know we can go on and on and on and on, on, and on. We started with makeup and ended it with suicide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pregnancies and everything. So thank you uh louisa um queenie for coming on and um amanda who whose phone messed up um but thank you guys so much for coming on and having some real ass conversation um and that is it you guys i'll have the ladies information if you want to go and check them out and show them some love on their pages um to where you can go and find them on their social media and as always we're going to send you guys some love and some light until next time I'm